The first week of October, so it's been going for three and a half months-ish. I'll have, I think, 30 posts by the end of the month. Current site traffic, last I looked yesterday, was around 3,500 a month. A lot of that is from social traffic, Mm -hmm. so I'm doing a lot on Pinterest. What's going on? This is The Doug Show, and this is Doug Cunnington speaking right now. In this interview, I'm going to talk to Christy. And this is a this is a cool one. This is actually a live interview that I did because Christy lives in Bozeman also. And we talk about that just a little bit. Since we live in the same town, we, we get together every once in a while and we chat about affiliate marketing. The cool thing is Christy actually does her own thing. She has an agency a marketing agency, and she's looking to get into affiliate marketing a little bit more. She launched a site just a few months ago, and she's getting a tiny amount of uh, organic traffic. But the super cool thing, unlike me, uh, Christy knows how to use Pinterest. So she didn't know how to use Pinterest before she got into affiliate marketing or niche sites or anything like that. But she's been able to get quite a bit of traffic in a short amount of time And it's super impressive considering she didn't even know like the first thing about scheduling Pinterest posts or pinning or to be honest, I don't even know the terminology. I actually learned a lot in this interview and I'll probably be bugging Christy a little bit to get uh, more information about how I can take advantage of some Pinterest traffic as well. We talked mostly about affiliate marketing and niche sites and keywords and all that fun stuff, of course. However, we also talk about moving to Montana, living in Bozeman and some of the details around that. So just, I mean, I think a lot of people ask me about that anyway, but just curious if you're interested in that sort of thing, uh, you know, shoot me a uh, comment, uh, leave a comment, uh, somehow get in touch with me. Let me know that you enjoyed some of these more uh, like lifestyle oriented details. And if you do, that's good because part of the reason I'm doing the podcast is I feel like I have a little bit more freedom to digress a bit and just go off on a tangent because there's a little bit more time or it feels like there's more time. At least the way I listen to podcasts, it's like I got all the time in the world. If I, if I need to listen to a two or three hour long podcast, this is not going to be that long. But if I, if I want to listen to a very long podcast... I can just, uh, you know, queue it up and listen to it over a few days. And I used to do that all the time. So let me know what you think about uh, some of these other topics that we bring up. Really curious to hear your impression. All right, I'm going to send it over to the interview. But at the end, I have another question for you. So be sure to stick around after the interview to hear my question. Welcome. Thanks. All right. I'm sitting here with Christy, um, who's a student in Five Figure Niche Site. And uh, thanks for joining me today. We happen to live both in Bozeman. So um, we get together every once in a while and just uh, chat. So we're chatting today. How are you? Doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. It's the middle of our very, very long winter. So, But it's been like surprisingly it's been, warm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My tolerance is increased. Yeah. And it's like, I usually have like chains on my, on my truck, yeah, you know? Yeah. And, um, oh yeah. So you drove, you drove, a truck I drove my truck yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, 
It's four wheel drive though, right? Oh, so yeah. you could actually get around. So mine's two wheel yeah. drive. So I have to put in like sandbags, which you maybe have to do also. Nope. But then I have to put chains because basically it's like undrivable oh. once it gets a little. No, uh, mine's kind of a beast. Here. Not okay. to not to truck compare, but yeah. Well, mine's from the south, so we didn't. Uh, we didn't true. Need... <laughs> mine's from Canada, so oh, it's built for yeah. For this. It's built tough, yeah. Okay, so most people uh, don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. So can you just give us a little intro? Yeah. Um, so I moved here to Bozeman probably, uh, three years ago by now. Um, I run a creative agency is my full-time gig and started doing this on the side, um, after that. And that's how we met, of course. Um, but for the most part, I'm kind of a marketer by trade and, uh, a writer, and we can talk about that a little bit later, but, um, just kind of trying this out on the side. Cool. So you have your own agency? I do. Yep. So I've been running my own uh, creative marketing agency for about four years and it's it's all virtual though. So everyone works from home and um, that's how I was able to move out here. So super cool. And it sounds like we moved here like around the same time. So around 2015. I think so. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I imagine we moved here kind of for some of the same reasons. Okay. Yeah. Well, so what was a big yeah. draw for you? Well, for me, it was just, I'd been coming out on vacation for a while and just wanted a different lifestyle. I'd been doing the corporate gig for a decade uh, at the same tech company, and that was great and got a lot of experience. But um, just, you know, at that time in my life, wanted to do something different and have some flexibility and be somewhere beautiful. And right. I feel like we we're kind of on the same page about that one. Yeah. But well, do you, you must ski and do all the winter activities, right? <clears throat> Doug. <laughs> I don't do any of those activities. Right. No. So, so I don't like we we don't do any of that either. Yeah. So it's slightly embarrassing to have to tell people, but it's like, hey, you know what? Like I found it really it. comforting when neither of us were going to go hiking. Like to me, that was like, okay, <laughs> we can be friends because he's not going to make me go hiking. So it yeah. was a big moment for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although I, I like hiking every now and then, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, yeah. So anyway, not not in the winter so much. That's not so no much. So, okay. So you, you had a corporate career. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about like what you did back there? Yeah. So I, um, started right out of college. I went to school for marketing and so I got myself a marketing job, uh, through what was at the time, like a two year entrepreneurial fellowship. Um, so they put you with a startup company. So you got to kind of have the startup experience and then stay on if you wanted to, as it grew. Um, and I ended up staying for 10 years. So Definitely went from startup, startup to, um, full corporate and being actually acquired. So did that whole journey. Um, and while I was there, I did just kind of all the things, which is the story of my life. Um, but did a lot of writing. So I've always been a writer, managed a design team. Um, I did sales support. I did events. Uh, and then the last couple of years I did internal marketing. So anything that was for employees, So kind of ran the gamut. Cool. And then it sounds like you managed um, a decent number of people along the way. Yep. Did some management. It was never, you know, the thing that I loved um, the most. I loved the people, but, um, you know, I think my favorite jobs were just making new things and doing project-based work. And right. um, I did get to manage a lot of agencies, um, freelancers. So that has turned out to be really key for me because yeah. that's what I do now. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. And I'm going to just skip ahead. We'll mm-hmm. come back to more stories and everything. 
but you you are a student in the five figure niche set yep. course and you have a site and we're going to talk about some of those details so just letting everyone know we're going to yep. dig in um so a couple interesting things which again we'll we're meander around this whole conversation so your site is um, a few months old. Mm -hmm. Can you give us some of the stats? Um, it's yeah. like mm -hmm. far as traffic, number of posts, the, some details. Yeah. So I started the site. Um, I took a week off of work to start it actually over my birthday. Happy birthday. Um, the first week of October. So it's been going for three and a half months ish. Um, I'll have, I think, 30 posts by the end of the month. Um, some of them are guest posts. Some of them are posts that I've written. Mm -hmm. um, current site traffic, last I looked yesterday, was around 3,500 a month mm -hmm. visits. Um, a lot of that is from social traffic. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing a lot on Pinterest um, just because my niche is pretty visual. Um, so trying to take advantage of that. Um, and then my other traffic sources are obviously, you know, more so organic Google. Mm -hmm. Um, but a lot of, a lot of Pinterest traffic. And then, um, let's see other things that might, well, so KGR, I guess we should talk about too. So all of my posts are KGR posts with the exception of like a couple of bigger mm -hmm. kind of pillar posts. So definitely trying to, you know, got that from the site and makes a lot of sense to me. We might come back to KGR later sure. on why that makes a difference, but um, trying to kind of follow the best practices with all of my posts. Um, the how, how long are the, sorry to interrupt, yeah. how long are the posts? Well, that's what I was going to say. So as a writer, it's hard to write tiny posts. Um, so I, I think a lot of people are intimidated by trying to get to at least 1500 words, which is where you should be for Google to, <laughs> to want to, you know, rank your copy. Um, for me, most of my posts are usually above 3000 words. So okay. trying to do really meaty content for everything. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, it just, it takes a long time. So. And you do a lot of the writing yourself, right? I do a lot of writing myself um, because my niche is something that I'm like personally passionate mm. about and educated in. So I can do that. Um, I'm also starting to get into more guest posting in kind of a interesting mm. way that we can talk about. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I would say probably two thirds content mine for now and one third probably guests. Okay. And then would it, is it accurate? Like if you have some, cause you have some people writing like a couple people writing things for you. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, even then you, you edit it, you can't keep your hands off it. Right. I can't, I can't. Yeah. So I do, I edit everything. I put it all into WordPress um, I'm familiar with WordPress just because of the agency that I run. So I can also do a lot of the tech side myself, right. a lot of the site branding, all of that I can do myself, which is fun. Right. Um, you know, for me, it's just one big fun project to work on. So yeah. that's what I like. Cool. And, uh, teasing you of course, mm -hmm. but the point is the content's good. So even if you have it yep. written by a qualified person or whatever, you still get in there and make sure it's what you want to say yep. and the voice is proper. That is a, it's a trend that I mm -hmm. hear from um, several people that have been able to get a decent amount of traffic in a short time. And like right. the, mm -hmm. they stay on top of the content and make sure it's um, congruent and right. written well. Well, and for me, it's a little bit, you know, a lot of the times I think for sites, you don't expect people to come back, right? You expect them to Google, find a, 
article, take action on it, and that's it. Um, what I'm trying to build is a little bit more on the authority side of things. Mm -hmm. So I want to kind of build more of a community around it and have it be a consistent place that people can come back to. So I think having content that is well-written and feels like it's from the same brand, the same site is going to be important, you know, two years from now. So. Gotcha. All right. So for the social traffic, is the majority of it coming from Pinterest? Yeah. So Pinterest has been a learning curve for me. Um, it's not something that I actually do for my current business. So that's all new. Um, but the big turning point I think for me was realizing that Pinterest is a search engine, which I just had never thought about. So as opposed to, you know, like an Instagram, um, that's great for just kind of building your general brand if you want to. Um, but Pinterest is really, you can target keywords just like you can with Google. So mm -hmm. once I realized that I was like, I should be there, right. I should be there. My niche is, you know, image centric. So yeah, this means I can target the same kind of keywords I am with the content. Gotcha. And I, you know what? Everyone, um, not everyone, people just keep telling me over and over again, it's a search engine. It's not social. And I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah I guess so. And it's funny. I think must have been it was shortly after i moved here mm -hmm. so a few years ago i was like i need to get going on some pinterest and then like most things it's like ah right i i, I didn't do it and now it's like oh if i would have like put time in but i think the, the thing that concerns me that i've heard you can mm -hmm. tell me if it's accurate or not um in in like social channels pinterest may fall into this category. Yep. You have to remain active, right? So right. So you, if you did a bunch of stuff for three months and then you stopped, you would potentially like plateau, then yep. decline? Okay. Yep. So one of the things I had to do kind of in a hurry was I decided to set up, well, we're both project managers, so we kind of like systems and processes. Um, so I got onto Tailwind, which is a scheduling um, app for social and it does Instagram and Pinterest, which I was like, great, those are the two that I need. That's perfect. Um, so I now try to schedule basically a month in advance of social posts on Pinterest and Instagram. Um, but Pinterest more so because then I can do all the keyword research at once because the keywords are a little different on Pinterest. So just because you targeted one on Google, um, you have to kind of do some manual checking on Pinterest and see what people are searching for on there. So, but I try to do it all together as much as I can and then set it and forget it for a month. Cool. And can you do more than a month at a time? You can. Okay. How, yeah. Is there like a limit or? There's not. It's just as much as I can get to uh, on a yeah, Friday yeah. when I dedicate time to this. So. And is it something like once you, let's say you get a mm -hmm. uh, couple months, like you have a couple months of history or mm -hmm. whatever, can you just like, ha can you reuse it. That's what I'm trying to ask. Yeah. So Tailwind is cool because it actually has these things called smart loops. So you can set up a smart loop of your highest performing pins and it can repin them at the optimized times for your audience. So the longer you use it and the more pins you have, the more data gathers, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and then you can set up some of these smart loops to kind of reactivate posts that you've already done from say, you know, two years ago. Okay. Um, if it's a good you know, article that's performing well, you can add it and say, Hey, let's get this out there more. So gotcha. How much does Tailwind cost? Um, I want to say it was maybe like 
10 bucks a month. Don't oh, quote me it. on that, but it was not astronomical. Okay. So it was worth it to me not to have to manually go in and do that because that was just taking up a ton of time. Right. And then do you have to write like some little, I don't know anything about Pinterest, a little description about it. And then, yep. Okay. And you can do hashtags and keywords and all of that. Um, the other cool thing I learned about Pinterest was that Pinterest can actually read the text on your images. So using keyword rich text within the image itself is actually good, which things like Instagram doesn't do that. So. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I learned a lot and maybe I need to get my act together on, um, as long as you consolidate it, consolidate it. If you try to do it all manually, it's just, it's too much of a time suck. <laughs> right, right. And I think, okay, and let me, let me back up mm -hmm. again. So on how much traffic like per day are you getting from Pinterest? Do you have like a handle? Um, I feel like my Pinterest traffic in general was about 75% of what I'm getting. Okay. If I'm doing 3,500 visits a month, I will let you do that math. Okay, so that's about a hundred a day, so about seventy-five. Probably. Okay. All and right. I mean, I just started. So the site was started in October. I just started Pinterest probably three weeks ago. Oh, okay. So that's it's not like, been running for three months. That's oh, wow, just wow. immediately. Okay, and I think, um, yeah, that's pretty impressive because mm -hmm. I've been working with another person. Um, that started their site mm -hmm. around the same time, they're getting, you know, 10 or 15 visitors a day right. on a good day yep. from Google. And, right. mm -hmm. and you're getting that as well. I mean, you're getting more than that. Well, right? and this is something that, that, yeah, we chatted about early on when I started doing the social stuff because, you know, the conversion rate is usually lower on social, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, one of my questions was, is this still valuable? So I don't know if you want to talk about a little about that, but that was something I really wondered about because I was like, okay, so it's working, it's driving traffic, but like, is it good traffic? Does Google like that? Yeah. So, so, you know, let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think any traffic is probably going to be good, mm -hmm. assuming they're like there for the right, right. reason. Mm -hmm. Like they're interested in the topic. What, right. The traffic mm -hmm. you don't want is like someone is, um, you know, trying to learn about, um, dogs, Georgie, well, I'm right. looking at Georgie right now. Someone's trying to look, learn about, uh, dogs and then they end up on a cat side. That's, right. that's wrong. That's, right. uh, that is that's, wrong on so <laughs> many levels. So if they are interested yeah. mm -hmm. in dogs, they end up, so that's good. And early on with your site, like, mm -hmm. I mean, you're not going to get much traffic. So if you can't get traffic from wherever, right. that's great. Now the, anecdotal, uh, evidence, mm -hmm. a couple of posts that I've had, um, went viral mm -hmm. on Pinterest and their rankings went up. Now, right. Mm -hmm. Caveat is I was also link building and doing other stuff sure. and it was a really good piece of content. So everything works together, I think. And I believe, you know, if you, if you have traffic mm -hmm. coming from wherever the source is, right. Yep. Um, whatever social media, even if it's a, like a blog comment, mm -hmm. it, like if it's a no follow link and traffic's coming through it, Google's like, Oh, like people are right. going to mm -hmm. that content. That right. seems mm -hmm. interesting. So, well, and same anecdotal, but I did notice that, you know, since the site's been up for three months, I've only been doing Pinterest for maybe three weeks. Um, but my average page ranking is now at about 30, 31. Whereas before that it was probably you know, a hundred and then 75. So like, I feel like that's really picked up. Cool. Um, 
obviously some of that is it's another month old, right? which is great. But I think that probably the social has only helped kind of make it more legitimate in Google's eyes. Mm-hmm. So it's one thing I've noticed that was good. Okay, cool. And I noticed for one of my sites, it gets a decent amount of traffic, I would say. Um, and there's like some traffic coming from Pinterest, like naturally. Right. Um, I think at one point I was, I was like, let's at least get some Pinterest type images yeah. in there. Um, so I think some people are naturally finding people are it. just sharing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think if I actually, um, so we'll talk right. after this, maybe you could help me yep. out yep. and we could figure out how to make it work. Um, for, for my site. Cause I imagine I could probably get, there's a, mm-hmm. just a shitload of content that I have. Um, and, and a lot of it does rank well, the content's good enough. So I, I imagine right. could probably get a few hundred visitors a day. Well, maybe. and I think the key is to do it for the right articles. If you have a ton, right. For me with 30 posts, I can do Pinterest for all of them. No right. big deal. Um, if you have a site that's years old and you have hundreds of posts, you know, Pinterest is great for like the lists. So mm-hmm. 10 best whatever's five best thing, five things you never, you know, that kind of stuff is really big on Pinterest. So, um, you know, it's definitely somewhere that like product focused posts are good and posts that are just kind of those list posts, Mm -hmm. um, do pretty well. So interesting. Okay, cool. I learned a lot there. So that was good. Um, so let's shift gears abruptly and transition Mm -hmm. it back to, um, the agency. Yeah. So you had the corporate gig. You did, did you quit or you were like, Hey, well, we got acquired. Okay. Um, and then I waited about a year and I did my own thing on the side for a year, basically to make sure I wouldn't starve to death. So okay. I kind of tested the concept for a year. Um, does that sound familiar? And <laughs> yeah. so, yeah, so I had about a year overlap and then I decided that I wanted to move here. Um, cause I've been coming out on vacation and I threw out a little, you know, would I be able to work from home in the middle of Montana? Mm-hmm. Um, and they obviously don't have an office here. So they were like, mm. yeah, and I was like, great. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, by that point I'd kind of already committed in my mind to moving. So hmm? yeah. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. That is remarkably similar. So my story is a little, a little yep. bit different, but we, my wife and I were like, um, we, I, I guess people call it slow travel. I, I don't know. I heard yeah. someone say it and then I picked it up. Slow travel with Brody. Yep. We were, my wife and I were traveling and we were like, or if we're driving all yeah. the way to Montana from Atlanta, then we should stay for a while. So we stayed right. for three months. We sold our place before we left. That's a and, kiss of the death right there. You can't stay for three <laughs> weeks and not want to move here. Right. Right. Yeah. And I mean, we, and it was that summer, you probably remember yeah. was it was a very nice summer and, um, we got, we were here in the summer, so there was a little snow in the mountains, but it was awesome. Yeah. Here. You were done for. And, uh, the place we rented, uh, like a townhouse, um, we could look out the window and see the mountains, which you can, you can see the it's mountains. It's 360 from a lot of, mountains yeah. to be clear. <laughs> and, um, like, you know, you're from a place where the weather is a there little cooler. There are no mountains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no mountains, but at least you were you were acclimated. Right. Yep. Like your your blood is. We used had to the cold cooler. winters. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but from Atlanta, we're like, oh, hopefully we can make it. We made it yeah. through a winter, and it was. And we don't sweeten our tea up here either, so you must have really struggled. <laughs> well, you know, I was never that big on sweet yeah? tea. Yeah, good. Nah. That's why we're friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, anyway. We ended up here and my company wasn't mm-hmm. so crazy about it either. You, yep. I think you took a, a more 
like, um, professional and rational <laughs> approach to it. Um, but I was a little more abrupt. I was a squeaky wheel at that yeah. point anyway. So well, anyway. I think once you know that you want to make a transition, it's really hard to pretend you don't know that. So yeah. it's, you know, I think for a lot of niche site people as well, it's like, once you know that you want a different kind of lifestyle, you can't unknow that. Right. So you kind of want to figure out a way to make it work. Yeah. So totally. I so, can relate. So, um, and the reason why I wanted to talk about the agency mm -hmm. more is like, that seems like an approach that a lot of people may take. They're like, as long as right. I'm working for myself, well, I don't care. I mean, you're, you're calling the right. shots. Like you're the, you're mm -hmm. the owner and you're the CEO and all this stuff. Yep. Right. Um, so why are you trying to like transition from there? Yeah. Or are you trying? Cause I put words yeah. in your mouth there. Yeah. So. Um, so for me, you know, probably every two years at my old company, I would switch jobs internally cause I didn't leave the company. Um, but I like projects, right. And I like new stuff and, for me, you know, after a couple of years, you're doing more management than you are, you know, creative and things like that. And that's okay. That's kind of how it's supposed to work. Um, but I really like having something new to dig my teeth into. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I may keep the agency, right? I've built something that's really successful and I love the people and that's great. Um, but, you know, kind of the longer that I live here, the more... I care about lifestyle and kind of quality of life. And like, that was a huge leap for me of having a better quality life than I did for a long time when my life was my job. Right. Um, but now like you're kind of always looking for the next step that you could take. So how could I get more balance in my life? How could I do more of the things that I like? Um, while still not starving to death, obviously. Right. So it's a consideration. <laughs> Right, right. So, so yeah. I, I think it'll be more just kind of shifting how that is. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, I, I want just something different to work on also. My brain kind of needs it. Yeah. Totally understand, like, to learn something yeah, new. Yeah, just totally new. And it's a good um, combination because you have, like, the writing background. Right. You have strong, really strong marketing mm -hmm. background, project management. Mm -hmm. Like, you did the management. So you have, like, a a wide right. range that it's like, it's kind of hard to put that together. Like if you were planning on doing right. that, you couldn't actually right. do it. Um, well, I think which like a few times after I met with you, I think I might've even written you like, here's kind of my why of why I'm doing this. And I had also written at home because I'm a writer and I think on the page, um, like reasons why this will work before I knew anything about it. Right. So for me, I needed to be like, you know what? Like I have these pieces. I write, I do design. I'm comfortable on the web. Mm -hmm. You know, I can project manage. I'm self-motivated, like these kind of pieces. And they all seem to line up really well with running a niche site. So right. Hmm, right. just made me feel a little bit better about the decision. Good, good. Well, and how did you, how'd you find me? Yeah. So that was weird. I mean, I think it's weird that you live in the same town I do in the middle of Montana. That's weird. Um, but the first time I think I heard about you was, um, uh, my friend actually runs a podcast here in town and she interviewed you, but it was probably a couple of months before that, that there was another niche site person, um, that they interviewed 
and I saved her podcast because I was like, I need to listen to this. Mm-hmm. I know I need to. I cannot right now. Right. <laughs> like I just was not in the right mind space to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, oh, that's great that you're making all that money and that's fantastic for you. And that's great. And right now I need to put out these fires and do the things. Yeah, yeah. So um, it wasn't until like a couple of months later that I listened to it and I was like, okay, that is super interesting. And then like the next week your podcast came out with them and I was like, okay. And then I, yeah, yeah, I assumed that you were a guest podcaster from somewhere else because that's what most of the people were. And then I looked into it and I was like, he lives right here. What are the chances? Yeah. So that was exciting. And you can mention the the podcast and the other people, by the way. Oh yeah. So it was called Beautifully Equipped. um, And it's run by a group of three ladies that are all entrepreneurial boss ladies here in Bozeman, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. So listen to them if you haven't already. They're great. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it, it's, um, the demographic primarily is, is women. Yep. Um, somehow I talked my way into being a guest, I know. which is I don't funny. know how you did uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not sure if they've interviewed any other males, but I maybe rare. Yeah. So they're not, not many. Yeah. So you were an fun. exception, Doug. Yep. Yep. So a uh, great podcast. You should mm-hmm. check it out. Yep. A lot of interesting stuff. And, um, Let's see. And who, who is the other um, affiliate marketer that you... Yeah, so she runs the Making Sense of Sense mm-hmm. uh, website. So it's super different. It's all finance. Um, so it wasn't something that like was a personal topic interest of mine. So I probably never would have found her. Mm-hmm. Um, but her niche site kind of element was interesting. And that's what she was talking a lot about. Um, and I I looked and I just like... It was really interesting, I guess, yeah. to see her do that. Now, finance is totally different, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, but she just, she built it up from nothing. And I really like to see stories like that where it feels like what you're doing, right? Because mm-hmm. everybody's building something from nothing. Right. So it's yeah. nice not to be like, here are all the pretty pieces. Right. But to have someone be like, first couple of years, pretty tough. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. And it seems just, like it's not yeah, working. It's real. So, <laughs> And I, um, I, ha- you know what? I haven't listened to her yeah. episode, but I need to uh, check it out yeah. based mm-hmm. on what you mentioned. Um, do you get into the financial independence like stuff at all? Or? I really have never. Um, what I liked about her that she does is she posts income reports every month, which is interesting, which actually um, inspired one of the things I'm going to be doing starting this month, which is posting monthly expense reports mm-hmm. for my niche. So mm-hmm. what I spend on that hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of people want to know like, what does this cost? And no one really talks about it. Yeah. So for her, it was income because that's, you know, personal finance related and that's great for me. It's the cost of doing a hobby. Um, so I'm just going to try it and be transparent about it. And it's good for me to be minding those pennies anyway, a little bit right. closer. So yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. So mm-hmm. Let's see. Well, and she has a class too. So she was actually, she was the first one that I signed up for because I hadn't heard your podcast yet. Um, And she runs a class called Making Sense of Affiliate Marketing. So that was the first one that I knew of. And then when your podcast came out um, and I looked up your website, you had a class too. And I was, I was down for that. So. Cool. So now that you're a few months in and you've published a decent amount of content, like what was, or what has been surprising basically what's different than you thought? 
Yeah. Uh, just the amount of time it takes is all, I feel like it's always the case, right? Whatever you're starting, it takes more time than you think. Yeah. Um, but I kind of went in thinking, Hey, I'm a writer. I know the topic really well. Mm -hmm. This is going to be super fast. And then you realize that your personality stays the same. So if you're an A++, then <laughs> you got to write 3,000 words every time. And it takes a long time. And you're doing research and all of that. Um, so for me, I think it was just the time investment was a lot more than I thought. Um, the flip side of that being I'm really glad I picked a niche that I care about personally. So I know that you can you can do it differently, right? You can just pick a topic and that's fine, especially if you're outsourcing most of the content. Mm -hmm. um, but I think if you're writing it yourself, you kind of got to care about it because otherwise it'll get old real quick. It's it'll a lot of time. Boring. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then if you have, you know, you, you can, you're a writer, if you're interested in mm -hmm. it, you can write this stuff. Great. Um, but there, there's another pocket of folks that yep. like they, they hire someone they're not writers. Right. Maybe English is not their first language. Mm -hmm. They don't know the topic either. So they get back garbage and they don't know it. So I'll right. go and audit their site and then it just looks like a, right. a train wreck. You know, it's just a mess. Well, so. And the difference I think there for me at least, and we talked about this even the first time we met was, you know, I'm looking to build things that last. So like you always say, like if you want money right now, you should go get a job have someone pay you. Right. Um, but if you want to kind of build out a lifestyle and build out a different income stream, like that's going to take some time and you have to put in the work for a couple of years probably mm -hmm. to see the return. And, um, so for me, that's kind of how I'm approaching it. Right. I don't want to throw a bunch of junk out there. I want to build a site that I care about and I'm proud of and, um, that people want to return to as kind of an authority site. So, okay. Cool. Just a different focus, I guess. And then are there, are there some things that are exactly like how you thought it was going to be? Yeah. I mean, I've built a lot of websites, so, you know, I know what that takes. I know how to brand and create a logo and a tagline and things that I really love. So for me, that's kind of part of the motivation is you learn the pieces that you really like and yeah, you shouldn't spend 40 hours on your template. Like I know <laughs> it's true. Like don't do that. But if you can spend 10 hours on your brand because you love brands and you want to build something that you're super proud of and that motivates you every time you go on the site, then that's worth the 10 hours. So for me, it's kind of just knowing what those pieces are that every time I look at that element, I'm like, that's pretty good. Yeah. I like it. So. Yeah. There's something to, I mean, you could figure, I mean, you know what motivates mm -hmm. you to, um, like us as individuals. Right. So, you know. You got to take that into account. You don't want to work on something that you like really, really hate. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and if you can get energized mm -hmm. and more pumped up about the project by right. spending mm -hmm. more time on something. Well, and know. there will be pieces that you don't like. So I feel like it's important to have at least some things that you routinely like about yeah. it. Right. Because sometimes you're going to have to deal with tech or switch your hosting or whatever. Right. And you're gonna be like, this is not why I started this. Yeah. Totally. But it's just one of the things. So, yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break here mm -hmm. and, um, let's see if I can pause this. Hey, it's Doug here. And just wanted to let you know that if you want to get my templates and all the uh, process stuff that we're talking about, you can go to niche and click on the green button. You just enter your name and email address and then I send you an email with a link 
to all the goodies. I'll also put a link in the show notes if you're like on your phone or whatever, but just remember nichesiteproject.com. You can go there, check out all the stuff. All right, and we're back. We just refreshed our tea. Yep. And we were uh, we were looking at pictures of uh, this birds of prey, raptors. Yep. So we were talking about like bald eagles and ospreys and other this large birds. This place is the coolest. <laughs> so like you, do you remember like the first couple of times you saw eagles out in the wild? Yeah. I mean, I think I saw one on my first trip here even because um, I came out originally for yoga retreats of all things. Uh, so I was driving out like an hour east of here and there was one that came down on the road, like on the highway and grabbed something. And I was just like, what? What is happening? This place is ridiculous. They're just around. Yeah. It was. Yeah. I just, you always see something different here. Hmm? It's crazy. And I remember it was just a couple of weeks ago we were driving over to Missoula Oh, uh-huh. and, um, I guess you kind of go up on a, like a plateau or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it, you could tell it like got much colder up there and yeah. dropped by like maybe 15 The degrees. terrain changes a lot on the way to Missoula. Very interesting. Strange. And like, um, all, all the, it looked like a Christmas scene, right? And it was yeah. actually in December. Um, but all the trees were like covered mm-hmm. with a frost of ice or, yep. or whatever. And there was a, that stretch, that plateau. Mm-hmm. We saw like 10 eagles um, in each direction. Um, it, it was, yeah, it was super crazy. cool. Mm-hmm. They're huge. You can see their huge. Uh, They're huge. In the, it's a good Did look. It make the you feel at home. Yeah. 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 I thought so. So it was pretty cool. <laughs> um, all right. Getting back into it. Mm-hmm. We were just um, talking about like outreach and, mm-hmm. you know, the early days with your site, a lot of times, like you're not going to get a lot of traffic yep. from Google. Um, and I mentioned a few ways to do outreach, blog commenting, just emailing people, mm-hmm. trying to guest post, all that stuff. But because you're a good marketer and you think, um, you have a different frame mm-hmm. than a lot of people would use to think about outreach. So you yeah. came up with some cool ideas that I have never heard of. Do you mm-hmm. want to tell us about a couple? Yeah. Well, the one thing I did early on was, you know, when I was following your course, I did kind of the content section first and I, and then I went and did my content and then I waited to, to listen to the outreach portion until I was like ready to do that because I know if I put it in my brain, that's all I'm going to want to do. So I waited until I had like a good start on the content. And then you would always said like get through kind of a content sprint and then stop and do outreach and then do another content sprint and then stop and do outreach. So I was like, this seems like a good time. Um, But like what I noticed in my niche was that there's a lot of, you know, since I'm trying to build more of an authority site because I care about the topic and, you know, it's also what I'm interested in. Um, a lot of the people in my niche are huge on YouTube. Um, so while I have not started a vlog yet, maybe in the future kind of freaks me out. Um, but there's a lot of vloggers in my niche that are really, really good that I've personally followed for years. Um, so some of the outreach that I wanted to do was actually to vloggers because often they don't have websites. They don't have places that they can also write. So they don't necessarily have an outlet for that. Sometimes they have more that they want to talk about than what they're able to cover on a blog. So um, the very first outreach that I did was actually to a really big vlogger that I had followed for years um, and got her to come on and do 10 blogs about topics that she cares about, I care about, um, that actually add value to the site. So 
for me, I would rather go and do kind of some of those one-off contacts mm-hmm. than do, you know, a bunch of blog contenting, which does work. But what I kind of want is like the long-term relationships because it's a topic we both care about and it gives them a valuable space to share other thoughts. So I'm doing a lot more outreach with vloggers, um, which led me to also then create kind of like a media guide Mm -hmm. because that's something that I follow personally for my niche. Um, I created kind of like a guide to the best vloggers to follow and now I'm doing the best podcasters to follow. And then just reaching out to those folks and telling them, you know, the truth of, Hey, I've been following you for years and your content has been super helpful to me. Mm -hmm. Um, so I featured you here, you know, and then, asking some of them if they want to contribute, you know, if they don't have a place to, to kind of blog and, and share their thoughts, then that's a good spot for them. So nice. I really like the, the fact that you approached a vlogger in how many like subscribers just bought like tens of thousands of subscribers, Um, right? Probably a hundred thousand overall or channels. Mm -hmm. Okay. So like when you think about that, it's like, why did she even, like, why did she talk to mm-hmm. you? Do you think it was your approach? Did you know her beforehand? Like, how did yeah. you like, I mean, I didn't know her personally, but the thing is I'm not really reaching out to anyone that I haven't personally followed. So mm-hmm. when I write someone, um, it's super authentic because I actually do follow their journey. I know about what they're doing. I know about, um, you know, kind of where they are in their, in their journey. Um, so for me, it's a little easier to reach out because I'm not just asking for things. In fact, sometimes I'm not asking for anything, right? I'm just saying, hey, I love what you're doing and I featured you here, right? And if you have kind of a good rapport when we reply, then awesome, cool. you know? But for me, it's it's you just can't reach out to people and be like, hey, here's what I need from you. Right. Yeah, no one wants that email. Hmm? And I think... Well, I'm, I'm in, you probably get those emails and you don't want them. Right. I was going to say in in the marketing space, like Mm -hmm. everything gets, um, abused pretty badly. But like if, if you're in a space where maybe there's not a lot of people, right. Mm -hmm. Um, well, let's say, let's just say, for example, it was a very crowded, um, niche Mm -hmm. on the blog side and a lot of people were sending emails, which pretty crowded. (laughs) But then to go to mm-hmm. the different channel, like mm-hmm. far fewer people, although there's still a lot of people that contact right. people mm-hmm. with YouTube channels because I get a ton of emails mm-hmm. also from that. Um, but it, it's fewer. The asks right. are different. So if you're a lot of times they, the pitch may be like, hey, do you want to review? So right. I'm a bald male and I've gotten like, pitches <laughs> for um, Aww. like, uh, like makeup and stuff. Oh, no. And I'm like, do you, you realize the demographics like <laughs> do completely they know that you usually wear hats? The fact that you're not wearing a hat right now is super weird. <laughs> and it's like, uh, I mean, and I'm, I think I even replied back. I'm like, you know, this is like not a good right. match at all. Right. Cause I was just curious. Right. Like, wh- how did that happen? Right. How did that happen? And they're like, we know, we just want to get the word out. And I was like, I actually, yeah. So I had someone reach out to me on Instagram which is the first time because my Instagram channel is still super small. Like I just started it and I'm just building it up um, because I want it to be authentic and that just takes longer. But someone reached out with what seemed like maybe unauthentic, like, Hey, we want to partner with you on this whatever product. So I just reached out a little bit and you could tell like right away, like you just blanket sent this to probably a hundred accounts. Like, yeah, I'm not going to buy your thing and then talk about it. 
that's not that's just not a good ask, right? No, no, no. So like I would much rather reach out to someone and be like, here's what I love about your story. I've been following you for a long time. Here's something of value that I wanted to do to promote what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the biggest thing. Right. So that's yeah. worked for me so far. And similar. Because it feels it feels better. To yeah. Me. And it actually is helping the other person mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So, and I, I was able to, for niche side project mm-hmm. in a marketing sense, I reached out to an Instagrammer that I think she has something like 75,000 yep. followers in the business, like marketing space. Yep. And I sent her a cold email, right? Mm-hmm. And um, she was like, sure, I'll do Elise, it's Elise Dharma. So oh, okay. she's on the channel. Yep. Um, she was a digital nomad, blah, blah, blah. Um, she'll actually be on another one of the podcast episodes, but uh, the point is like, even while we were talking in the Mm -hmm. interview, she was like the cold email you sent me was great. Mm -hmm. Um, which we could share that at at some point and I'll put a link in the, uh, show notes and everything, Mm -hmm. but it was like an authentic thing. It was clear because you Um, can't, you know, those people spent years of blood, sweat and tears building up what they have. And you can't just say, Hey, I want to borrow everything that you built. Like this is clearly for me, you know, even if I never got any traffic from them, like I want their voice on the site. Right. Priority one. So. Yeah. And then like, as you, I think as you like work your way up, then you can Mm -hmm. use the social proof to get other people on. So you've been able to like parlay that. Mm -hmm. Is that the right? um, Yeah. Yeah. Parlay it up. And just, you know, because if one person creates quality content, then that gives you a good opportunity to go to someone else and say, hey, you know, they're really enjoying this experience. Do you also want to share, you know, something that you're interested in? Because so far, every one of the people that I reached out to have been thanking me for the opportunity. And they're, they, you know, one of them blogged about how much she's enjoying doing it. And I was Mm -hmm. like, that's what I want. Like, if it's not a good experience for you as well, then you shouldn't be doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I need to be a good quote unquote manager Mm -hmm. that, you know, you being happy and enjoying it is important to me. So, yeah, cool. And that's, again, it's like important to like make it enjoyable. Then you get the social proof and then Mm -hmm. more like they'll come back and they'll talk with you more. Um, and it's a good cycle. And then if, Mm -hmm. I mean, you can at that point ask them, right. Is there anyone you think I should talk to, um, that are your peers and then you get a warm intro like, well, and because it's, you know, the kind of niche where if you have something you're interested in and it's, you know, there's a big presence on social in your niche and people want to share and they want to help each other. And that's just a nice niche to be in. Okay. Are there any other areas, um, like in the outreach zone where you're like, Hey, this is sort of something yeah. I came up with on my own. Um, well I had listened to, I think it was Dave that you had interviewed, um, mm-hmm. when I was watching some of the early YouTube videos and I heard just a little mention of like a scholarship program or something. And I didn't honestly know what that was that he was talking about at the time. Um, so in my mind, when I was thinking about outreach, I was like, oh, well, like colleges, yeah, like there's a lot of college kids involved in this niche. So maybe they would like to share what they're doing and their experience. Um, so I got together like a list of probably about 50 colleges. And instead of doing like a traditional scholarship, I did more of an outreach of 
um, hey, do you want to nominate someone who would be good for a profile? Because again, like that's just the kind of, you know, demographic that mm-hmm. wants to share on social, like sharing on social, like wants to play, have a place to express what they're doing. Um, and that's good quality content that people want to read about. I would want to read about it. Mm-hmm. So um, reaching out currently to about 50 schools and trying to get, I would say I'd be happy if there were at least like 10 profiles mm-hmm. probably at the end. Um, and then just offering like a couple hundred bucks of kind of like fun spending cash, not mm-hmm. an official scholarship. Um, but then the other thing that I want to do, hopefully, uh, is if some of those people reply and I get like good writing from them, mm-hmm. then that's someone in a niche that I could have potentially do more guest posts. Right. So I'm also kind of just keeping an eye out for, okay, who are good writers that I could trust with content? So cool. Two birds, one stone. Maybe. So a couple, couple things to point out. Cause I'm sure some people are like yelling at their uh, screen <laughs> or headphones. So, uh, I think it was Dave Fox it um, for the interview yep. that you were, that you watched. Um, and he did like a scholarship program, mm-hmm. outreach program, which I don't recommend at this mm-hmm. point in time. And that's not what you were talking yeah. about. Um, but that was one of those things that was abused. So basically right. someone mm-hmm. would set up a scholarship on their site. These used to be mm-hmm. like valid and, and right. real. Um, and then they would reach out to hundreds or thousands of schools to be listed on their scholarship To try to page. get like the EDU links or something. Yep, to get EDU yeah. links, which you can readily do. I think you could probably yeah. still pull it off. But if you go take a look at some of those pages, they're filled with like weird scholarships. So I think if you do it and you pay it out and all that stuff, right. it's fine. Um, at this but if point, everyone's doing it. Yeah. It, it lower, it, and in fact, there was a like series of like, I guess, manual penalties yeah. from Google and the, from the spam team. And a bunch of sites that had those kind of links um, were impacted. There were other things. It's unclear exactly what it was, but it seemed like a lot of those sites, the word on the street is, was it was from the scholarship program area. So you're not talking about that. You're getting real, like you're getting, you're getting input from Mm -hmm. um, uh, like the I mean, it's like Students a three-phase process school. to yeah, get yeah. to a profile. So right, yeah. and, and the profile wouldn't necessarily get a link back, but the mm-hmm. person, right. the person mm-hmm. may share it on social, and yep. the people on um, whoever is associated with the right, and it like ties into the core of my niche and like what my site is about yeah. within the niche, which helps. Um, but I think what you just find is doing a kind of a level up of outreach where it is really personal takes way longer. Right. Like I can't set up like a, a listserv of colleges and just right. blast something out. Like that was probably two weeks of finding the right contacts and narrowing down what schools. And like that's a lot of blood, sweat and tears to get to the point where someone might say yes. Um, but again, the hope is that you're building something that you're going to really like in five years, 10 years. Right. So um, and if there was some second point that I was going to make, but I don't remember what it is. Okay. So. <laughs> Well, you were talking about hiring them to do some writing afterwards Maybe. or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. Just because, you know, it's hard. One of the questions I think I had for you early on even was, what do you do when you just can't hire anyone to write your niche? Because it's, you have to be an expert on it. So that's one of those things where you're like, well, how do I find those people? Yeah. So I'm just, I haven't figured out 
that equation yet by any means. Like I'm still doing most of it myself um, because I want people who know it. So that's where I'm just like, well, you know, if I do this cool thing in outreach, then maybe I'll develop a relationship with someone that turns into a consistent writer. So you never know. Hmm? Good idea. Okay. So when I was thinking back when we first met, Mm -hmm. um, we went to some coffee shop and um, your first time at the daily who yeah that's right yeah the daily coffee bar over there um and you had pastries yes yeah. i did yeah you had I pastries. Did have pastries and i i can't remember i think i already ate that morning or something even though you were like the pastries yeah. are really good i try and stay away from sweets because basically i'll like eat the whole no don't but, stay uh, away it's not <laughs> no so um you showed up with um some crazy list of questions right like you printed out sh- i did like you sent me an email with like uh, four pages of notes <laughs> I, I sent you a, like a short bullet list were you, you know? terrified doug and then well i was it's like okay. i'm glad you prepared so much like i could ask you uh anything we have your history your transcript <laughs> here um i yeah. see you got good grades in school i had professor parents doug i do all the homework <laughs> So, um, so you, you mm-hmm. did all the homework and when we first met, you weren't in the course yet. No, I hadn't um, committed to doing any of it, mm-hmm. but somehow you had watched a ton of videos, read a lot of stuff. So mm-hmm. you kind of had like a, you somehow put together a blueprint. Tell me about that. Just yeah. what, what, ha- what happened? Well, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of the same thing as when I do outreach where I felt like, Oh, like there's an actual expert who lives in my town? Like, what are the chances of that? So I don't want to waste his time asking him a whole bunch of questions that I could have already figured out the answers to by myself. So that's just always something I try not to do, right? Everyone's time is valuable. (laughs) Um, So if I could readily find the answer, I should have done that already. It's kind of how I see it. Um, And so I want to show up with like valuable questions. Right. And if I can't put in 10 minutes of Googling first, it's probably not the right question. Mm -hmm. So, um, but for me, like before I reached out to you, I had already been kind of noodling this and listening to Michelle's podcast and doing all of that and was trying to figure out like, okay, I feel like I know what niche I would want generally, not how I'd want to structure it exactly, but just based on what I like to do, like that would be really fun. Um, But then I wanted to make just kind of a list of, hey, if I'm talking about doing something long term, like, is there enough to write about? I don't know. Like, you just kind of want to scope it out beforehand. So that's where I got a little carried away. (laughs) Um, And I just started keeping like notes on my phone, right, where I would just write down like topic after topic after topic that I could blog about. And then it got to be like 600 things, I think, by the time I met you, which is a bit much. Um, I, yeah, I thought so. Yeah, it was, a, it was a lot. So, but it just kind of justified to me like, yeah, you could do this for a long time. Like there's plenty to talk about. But what I didn't know and what I started asking you that day was like, how do you get it from a list of 600 mm-hmm. just general topics that aren't based on anything? You know, they're not based on any like Google data. How do right. you narrow that down? So that's why I really liked talking to you because I had just like heard of KGR mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was. So like, if you want to talk about that a little bit, like that was sure pretty transformative for me. So it's the keyword golden ratio mm-hmm. for the people that haven't heard. And mm-hmm. I think by the time this episode is going to come out, I will have published like two oh, okay. episodes mm-hmm. on yep. the topic. 
If you're unfamiliar, though, if this is your first episode. Go to Doug's YouTube. <laughs> yeah. it's on, If you just Google keyword golden mm-hmm. ratio, um, you should find like most mostly my stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, it's a data-driven way to find keywords that are generally underserved. So mm-hmm. you... And what do you mean by underserved? Um, there's that like, was new to me as yeah, well. And yeah, loose definition, I mm-hmm. guess. But basically, there there are more people searching for it each month than there okay. are like pages on the internet covering the topic, okay. mm-hmm. just in general. Um, and if you, there, it's hard to explain that there's an advanced Google search, so it's uh, all in title, mm-hmm. whatever the search phrase that is. That was new to me too. Mm-hmm. And then you divide <laughs> divide that by the search volume. Yep. So you're looking for something under 0.25, and the search volume should be under 250. And it just kind of people challenge me on the mm-hmm. formula often. Just stick to the well, formula. It's not a science. Yeah. It's just it's a um, guideline. And it works pretty well, mm-hmm. right? So I've been using it for a couple of years. A lot of other people use it. Um, it works well at scale. So I would say at least 20 articles. Um, and then you're mm-hmm. gonna have some success. If you just do two you may or may not see it work. Right. And I do see, I hear from people and they're like, well, I published three articles and it's been, you know, right. six and a half hours. Like, why isn't this working? <laughs> um, so right. anyway, the KGR was mm-hmm. a good way to help prioritize it. And you did right, it the that right was way. where I was stuck. Right. Cause you had the list of ideas. Yeah. You mm-hmm. were sort of newer to keyword research. So yeah, you did never it the done right any. way. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And you, Ever. then you weren't, you weren't like, um, some people pay, they know too much already, right? right. So they mm-hmm. can't come up with ideas, but you were just like brainstorming. Mm-hmm. So you came up with a bunch of ideas and then I was like, well, what did I say? I have no idea. Well, I mean, I was just like, what do I do now? Right? Like I have all this stuff, which makes it seem like this would be really a really niche. But if I hadn't had like coffee with you and the course and like KGR, I would have just written a ton of articles that like didn't that wouldn't ever rank right right like they just didn't have a chance of ranking mm-hmm. um and i wouldn't have known the difference so for me i was like okay i gotta get these 600 ideas down to like something that is reasonable for me it was about a hundred like mm-hmm. that's kind of what i have on my hit list but i have like a giant spreadsheet right where i have all those 600 still right. for the future and then I have like a KGR tab because you gave us a template. Right. And I was like, great. <laughs> a template, something to get me from <laughs> 600 to 100. Um, so like that was huge for me early on because I'd never done any keyword research. And I was just mm-hmm. like, I don't, I don't know how to do this. I don't right. know what, which one of these to focus on. So that was, that was a big deal for me. <laughs> cool. And there is a school of thought to not worry about this keyword research, not worry right. about the search volume. And simply, you know, do what you would have mm-hmm. done, um, which would be like publish it, um, mm-hmm. like work on it. And the problem is you may end up working on it for like a year, 18 months. And you're like, right. is this working? And you try to explain what you're doing to other people. And they're right. like, well, how much money have you made right. so you're far? Like, mm, 20 bucks. Yeah. And you're like, well, yeah. I, but I've, you know, put in, you know, 2000 right. hours and uh, thousands of dollars. Right. So. Anyway, it's a good way to prioritize so you can get some traction early, a little traffic mm-hmm. and, you know. Well, and it's just a good gut check, I feel like, mm-hmm. before you start writing something. 
because I can write on a lot of those topics still, but it's like the way that I write about them or the piece of that topic that I write about might be different Mm -hmm. because, you know, a long tail keyword might be underserved and now I can see that. So it's not that I can't write about what I brainstormed about. I can, I can just write about it a little bit smarter. Right. Very good. So you have about a list of a hundred that you're going through and generally prioritize by keyword golden ratio, maybe search volume. (laughs) There's a lot of them that are just about equal, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So what do you do? Well, it's like, there's a lot of things where like I had asked you early on too, like, should you go after KGRs with search volume of zero, right? Like that's, you get that question a hundred million times. Yeah. And I think I apologized when I asked it because I was like, I know you get this all the time, but like, I don't understand why you would still do that. Um, which now I understand. So I don't know if you want to mention yeah. that, but like prioritizing a bunch of keywords with search volume zero, like you mm-hmm. obviously don't have data to prioritize. So it's right. kind of like, what do you feel like writing about today? Yeah. We'll do that. Yeah. So in, in like to Georgie, get to, that bird. <laughs> you know. It's funny, she'll see him on the rooftops. Too. She's, she's nuts. She's not missing any of those. Get him. Yeah, Georgie, get her. Get him. Good job. <laughs> so the reason why you would go after mm-hmm. a search volume of zero for the people that haven't heard me answer this yet. Or if it's a Google suggest, I guess is Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's typically I was gonna say if it's yeah. a Google mm-hmm. um auto suggest, yeah. if mm-hmm. it is a related search, or there are some that are just like, you know what, you know it's a good topic right. because mm-hmm. you're in deep. Um, and you understand and you may have searched for it. (laughs) Yes. Um, so go for those. Now, what you don't want to do is have like all your keywords be that, but if it's like, you know, 10% is probably fine. Right now. Good example. I, um, after doing a bunch of YouTube live streams and getting the same questions over and over Uh again, I was like, well, I need to do a frequently asked questions section, which literally have almost all of them have zero search volume, but they are right. searched for often right. by the exact I'm people that asked. I need. Yeah. <laughs> right. So if you if you like think of a question like, should I go for a search volume mm-hmm. of zero? Probably a video of mine will show up yeah. and a um, frequently asked questions section <laughs> on on my uh, blog. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. it's all like people search for it, just not many. And I read them and I was still like, I'm search stupid. Like mm-hmm. I don't get it. But like now I get it right now. I know what Google auto suggest is. I didn't even, you know, like you just need to put in a little bit of time to figure out what all the pieces Mm -hmm. are and what the terms are. And yeah, but that was a big deal for me. Cause I was like, how do you prioritize a bunch of zeros? And it's kind of like, just do them as you can get to them. Yeah. (laughs) And that's fine. Yep. And at some point, like you don't have any more data and the, well, the bad thing is like, you won't know, what would have happened if you picked the other thing. Right. But the good part is you don't know. So all you can do is like Press keep on. pushing <laughs> forward. Yep. Um, and yeah, just keep moving forward. As long as you're moving forward, it's yep. better than not. So um, yeah. Yeah. But that was huge for me to get from a massive unmanageable list to a slightly more manageable <laughs> list. Yeah. A hundred you could work with. You're part yeah. of the way there. So yep. you're good to go. All right, we're going to start wrapping up here, um, but I hope you'll come back, Christy, sometime to talk. I think we can dig deeper into some areas. Now, um, before we like finish Mm -hmm. up, you you asked about uh, that first day. You were like, "Should I do this niche? Like, what? Like, how do you? How can you pick? Like, I know so there's some criteria. So, um, do you want to 
sort of tell us about some other things you were thinking about before you pick. And then yeah. like, I don't know, we could just talk through like choosing yeah. a niche because it's really well, hard, right? I think that was probably the thing that I struggled with most because I knew from kind of day one what I wanted to do. But then I was trying to justify, justify using all the, all the tools and guidelines that like you and literally everyone else was like, well, here's how I pick and here's how I pick. And this person's like, just pick in five minutes. I'm like, wait, 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 is there not a right way to do this? Like, how do I get A's if I can't, right. <laughs> like, there's no formula. What are you talking about? It's so, pass fail. So. It's pass fail. Oh, the worst. <laughs> so I like really struggle with that. Like I probably lost a good month just like debating because it felt like you shouldn't invest all of this time and effort in something if it's not the quote unquote right niche. Um, so for me, I was like, Doug, how do I, what if it doesn't fit every formula? Mm -hmm. Like, can I still pick it? And I think I wrote you, which is basically a note to myself, but addressed to you where I was like, here's all the reasons I still want to pick it. Like, is that okay? Cause I'm so exhausted and I haven't even started. And you were like, yes, it's fine. <laughs> like if you're passionate about it and you feel like there's an audience there and like, yeah, it may be a little harder, you know, or it may take longer, I think is what you'd even said, mm -hmm. which I was like, that's fine. Like I'm in it for a long time. So right. that's okay. Hmm? And I think it's it's important to know because some people come at it from different angles, right? So mm -hmm. some people um, basically are in a hurry. They're like, how right. can I make money as fast as Which possible? Which I totally get. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like you, that should be like kind of in, I mean, it's always in the back of your head because right. you, I mean, most people don't want to waste time, right? right? Mm -hmm. So it comes down to that. You don't want to waste time. But, and I was thinking about this for myself mm -hmm. over the last um, couple weeks where if you think about like three months or six mm -hmm. months or 12 months, you may make a certain decision. And if you're thinking about two or right. five years or something like that, well then that shifts everything. Right. Um, you know, we're in a hurry to publish the content really right. quick, right? 30 articles, um, which is pretty significant at the length that you're talking about mm -hmm. and the quality that you have on your site um, in the short amount of time. But then if you think back, and I'm kind of all over the place with this, mm -hmm. um, but there are some blogs that you may find that maybe they started in like 2015. Right. Maybe they published something like once a month mm -hmm. and it wasn't that great. And then they started getting a little more traction. Now right. they're publishing mm -hmm. more often. Now they have a podcast, like things grow like slowly right. organically. And I, I see a lot of uh, topics and niches and maybe mm -hmm. interests where like, if you put in the time over a long period and you're, setting all these um like roots um mm -hmm. that's a wrong analogy if you're set yeah, you're like making building the foundation of it so that it can yeah. be something that you still want and you're you're making contacts um and on the youtube side mm -hmm. on instagram in these like growth areas it's like those are awesome contacts and your right. site i mean again you your site was basically nothing when you were contacting those people right. very young not much yeah, I mean, maybe like content. 10 articles right and like you totally can reach out, you can do all that mm -hmm. stuff. And again, I was like, well, yeah, mm -hmm. it, there's obviously a market for it. It's a good, um, you see the people that have been mm -hmm. doing it for a while. So I was like, yeah, it could, it's going to take you longer, probably right. some of the, you know, because it is more of an authority thing like that. It just takes longer. Right. <laughs> just does. So for the people that, and again, this is not everyone, but for the people who are like, 
I have an interest. I am in it for the long haul. I'm not in a huge hurry. Mm -hmm. I have another job. I want to do this on the side. Um, You have to be patient, which is super hard to do. so hard. Yeah. You're just, I mean, you're just not going to see progress for a little while. Right. But there, there's other kinds of progress, but it's just like, you can't go and compare yourself to a site from 2014. Mm -hmm. You just can't do it. And then there's like, um, you know, you have to do some things to make a couple small mistakes and figure it out. And then you'll be able to do better the next time. So it's definitely like an iterative process. And, you know, here's a good, another good example as iterative. But like you've published some content, you're going to be adding more, mm-hmm. but you can, you can and should go back to that early content. So it doesn't have to be perfect right. the first time. It just needs to be good enough. What? And then you can come back to it. Um, False. Uh, you're false. Everyone's like threshold of uh, perfect, <laughs> perfect is different. Yeah. Uh-huh. At some point. It's a burden. Um, yeah. It's, it's rough. Especially, I mean, as a, as a writer and, know, you know. It's the worst. It's tough. Um, okay. So, that's- but it's true. Like, I think one of the things that you, one of the reasons I liked kind of your approach was that you were like, you have to spend time on the right things. Like you can't just get lost in these tunnels of stuff that, yeah, like sort of matters, but not really. Like you just have to go write the content mm-hmm. and that's really hard to do. Yeah. So, and, and it's one of those where, I don't know, there, there was uh, like my last boss, I remember one of the uh, later meetings that mm-hmm. I was in, um, I don't know, there was like, there, there were about 10 projects yeah. mm-hmm. that were like super important. And, and she's like, well, you know, we really got to take care of this. And we went through everything and I was like, okay, which, which <laughs> is my priority? 10, 10 out of 10. Priorities. Yeah. She was like, well, they're, they're all priorities. And then I was like, ah, oh, fuck, like, this is useless. I was like, right? what are you talking about? Like, right. th- then I knew that make any sense. I could just do whatever I wanted. Right. Cause yeah. like, yeah. So I can say, well, I was so busy on the other n- right. nine. Uh, that's why this one. And then, well, and one of the things, worthless. I don't know. The only way that I can sort of get past the perfectionism is to schedule out like other things that I want to do. So if I have all those other things and I'm like, oh, like that really bothers me about the site or like, I really want to try this. I know that I shouldn't be doing it right now. Right. Like I know that, but I have to like, schedule it for February or schedule it for March Mm -hmm. or like know that I'll come back to it to be able to kind of like let it go for now. Yeah. So like if you have all these great ideas, like write them down because you're going to come back to it when you have time, like Mm -hmm. just get them on paper so you don't forget them. It's just, you might not need to do them right now. Yep. And that's perfect. Yeah. So you can do everything, but you just can't do it all. Like, well, (laughs) right. Or you can't do it all at once. Yeah. And maybe you can't do it well, but you know, 80% is usually pretty pretty good. Right. So, all right, cool. Any, uh, parting uh, thoughts before we finish up here? No, I mean, I think, you know, I'm just going to kind of keep playing around with the outreach stuff and see Mm -hmm. what works and what feels, you know, authentic to the site. And, you know, the next thing I'm going to do is figure out, do I need help with more content? So that's the next thing I'm just kind of wrestling with. So we'll see. And I think, um, one, you're not quite at the six month mark. And mm-hmm. a lot of times you'll get a little bit more organic traffic at that point. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it'll be super interesting to see if you get like, right. you know, mm-hmm. it's not, um, it's not going to be like, uh, you know, 10 times more traffic, right. but it's mm-hmm. like real gradual, um, an increase in growth after that six month period. Yeah. Well, so. and I can already tell like the oldest articles have the most 
traffic, you know, so like maybe 1300 or something out of my visitors a month was for one article. And it was the first one I ever wrote. So very good. I imagine that'll keep happening. All right. Well, thanks a lot. Yeah, Um, thank you. And uh, we'll chat again soon. If you people have uh, specific questions that you want us to go over, maybe chat about it next time. Yeah. We can do it. So just uh, shoot an email to uh, feedback at Doug.show. Cool. Thanks, Doug. Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot to Christy. Really appreciate you spending the time and uh, having some tea with me and talking about, you know, life and affiliate sites. So the question that I want to ask everyone is what topic do you want to have Christy and I talk about next time? We can go into outreach. We can go into Pinterest. We can go into copywriting and other details. But you let us know. We can talk about just about anything. We may may do every single one of the topics I just mentioned. But let us know what's most important to you. What questions do you have about each one of those little aspects? As always, thanks for listening to the show. Really appreciate you taking the time out with me. And if you enjoyed it, it would be so amazing if you left a review on like iTunes or wherever you listen. It's fantastic. Any place you listen, leave a review. It'll be great. And if you're brand new, welcome. It's so amazing to have you here. And it looks like you're about one hour and 13 minutes into this baby. And that's fantastic. I can't believe you stuck around with me for so long. And if you did, you probably should subscribe to the podcast. And in fact, tell a friend, tell your spouse, tell your kids, tell your parents, maybe enemies, friends, acquaintances, anyone you know, anyone who will listen to you, let them know about it. It'll be fantastic. And I would really appreciate it. I'm Doug Cunnington, and this is The Doug Show. We'll catch you next time.